This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at chumpacasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Monday's episode of a Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I am Craig Fowler and I am joined on this occasion by Tony Anderson. Hi Craig. And joining us in Edinburgh on this occasion is Mr Thomas Alex Watt. I'm alone and lost in the East Coast. <laughs> what am I doing? All these, Hello. All these posh pricks everywhere. <laughs> yes, we have got Tom apparently under hostage here <laughs> and uh, we will not be giving him back uh, unless it's for a small fortune or, I don't know, a packet of fags and some crisps. <laughs> They're treating me kindly. <laughs> And we're here to look back over the Scottish Premiership fixtures from the last weekend and let's start with one of the two games which had a last minute goal, we got to love a last minute goal and we had two of them over the course of the weekend's festivities and we'll begin with a match at St Mirren Park or whatever the, what the fuck's it called, the, the Smeza Stadium? <laughs> the Smeren Park, Smeza Stadium, is that right, is that how you pronounce it, S-M-I-S-A Stadium? Yes, yes, okay, let's go with that. <laughs> Tony Patrick's Bloody Love Street. Tony Fitzpatrick's last game as chief executive of the club, but it wouldn't end in victory as Dundee United win this one 2 1. Samirn going ahead in the first half. Two excellent goals in this game as well. The first one from Jay Henderson to put Samirn 1 0 up, then Dylan Levitt scoring with an equally impressive strike, and then a real scrambled goal, as we always like to see in the last minute. Keeper save, ball comes off the bar, drops down. Mark McNulty, of all people. Scored his first goal from open play this season. Someone's uh, someone's been practicing their commentating for Hearts TV. Like it was live. <laughs> Quite enjoyed that. No, no practice apart from maybe the practice of having to do it for ninety minutes on Saturday and shitting myself <laughs> through all you, of it. How did you find it? I preferred the second half a lot more than the first. The first half, I was like, "Oh no, what's happening?" <laughs> yeah, I think it's like any. Anyway, I think people will be good at it. Don't get me wrong, but I think their first time, like when they. Done dunking on a view for the terrace. It's going to take you a second when you're trying to figure out if you should over, like how much you should be describing. Like it's it's a real skill, and I think it's something anyone it would take two or three games till you started to find your real feet. What I found the hardest part was trying to fill the air when it's just the defenders passing amongst each other. Because if it's just telly. So it was being shown, that's a tricky thing as well, it was, it, was, it was on radio and it was telly, so you were supposed to describe it as if it was radio, but I was still mindful of it was telly, so I didn't want to just go through every single drip and drab, and at the same time I was thinking for radio, it doesn't sound interesting to go, Halkett, on to Kingsley, to Halliday, back to Halkett, to Kingsley. Mexico versus <laughs> Portugal. <laughs> holds it, holds it, holds it! <laughs> so yeah, I didn't really know what to do in those scenarios, but other than that... I think I didn't do too badly, although both goals, you can definitely hear me going, 
That's fine. It's club TV. That's absolutely fine. I know people buy it now from, but even most of the club TVs, you can buy it from your own club or your own. With your own commentator, even when they're away yes, from home. Yes, because they've obviously so. commentators well, just a few seats uh, to my side, Callum Brown and, and Dave Black. So, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I think you want it. One of my favourite experiences of watch, let's watch any football is buying Rangers TV when Hibs are playing there <laughs> and Hibs winning. It's absolutely, it's just, it's gold dust. It's the way they say it. And the kid to Slivka, and it's in the bottom corner. And that's so, <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. And, 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 you can see it on it's my favourite, but... But, anyway, so anyway. Dundee Raid. Yeah, um, it was um, like Henderson with an absolute rocket launcher. One of one of many fantastic goals this weekend. There was a hell of a lot of really, really good goals. Yeah, there was. All over, nearly every single game. Mm. And Henderson's is so good because the way it dips, it's like he's hit... I've seen this to Tom off here, when they hit, like, when you know when you hit a, a volley and it just loops over the goalie. And it's the kind of goal that anyone can do, do score. Do I know that personally? Cause no. no. <laughs> you know what I mean? The kind of goal that anyone can score. You know, when, yeah. it's just when, you, when you just hook a volley and it just goes over and it dips and it goes over here. He has this for the ground, he hits it with such venom and it still dips at the end. It's an, it's an absolute peach. Mm. Uh, and he was only playing because uh, Jordan Jones never made that. I mean, St. Mirren had a couple of, sort of big injury problems before it. But their whole left-hand side is essentially gone. With, with Tanzer not being fit, so that meant Richard Tate had to move over to left-back. And then Jordan Jones was in there, so they ended up moving. I think Kilty over to the left, and they had Henderson on the right, um, with and with um, Brophy up front. And Tony, when you turn your head away for the mic, oh, <laughs> sorry, I, I was looking at uh, looking at Wisecout because I was trying to make sure I got it right. But they they played more of a a four three three similar, and it seemed Ronan wasn't getting as forward as as much. Dundee United actually started the game. Even though there's a goal right at the start, they I, did. I have a solution, Tony, was we're doing this live on air, of moving this microphone over and then you can put your laptop right in front of you. Okay, there we go. Yeah. This is a real peek behind the curtain. <laughs> <laughs> Tony's been doing something for 10 years and he's still not good at it. It's now like... <laughs> it's now tactical karaoke. Just moving your lines. Yeah. Yeah, that is a great idea, though. I don't know why I never thought of that. <laughs> I'm trying... But I just wanted to make use for this shit table that I had. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, see, Mandy, it wasn't pointless. Uh, but anyway, and, uh, so Ronan was playing a bit deeper than usual, which I don't know, I didn't really like it in the first half. You know, Simon played pretty well. I felt it sort of clipped his wings a bit. And I, he has played deeper this season. It's not that Ronan isn't able to do that. I mean, anyone who's been listening to the Monday pod recently will know we've, we've been going into quite a lot of depth about Ronan. But I just felt there was something missing and Brophy was struggling to get into the game. Uh, and it was Power and Gogic were really impressive in the first half. They, especially, well, Gogic's ball retention was the best I've seen in over a year. Uh, and he was playing forward, and, I was kind of, and, and Power was really dominating Butcher uh, and Levitt. Levitt, as we'll know, in the second half, really, they, they totally switched places. And for Dundee United, they did, the first couple of minutes, they were getting forward, and then that goal, and took Dundee United, oh, about 20-odd minutes for them to recover from, from going a goal behind... Mitchell Thompson started his first game. Um, he sounds like a lawyer's firm, as always. It really does. Uh, he came on against Celtic in the cup game, uh, and he was non-existent. Poor laddie. I don't want to be rude, because obviously he's a 17-year-old guy. He was When he did get in, it was the combative spirit, and, and he was really industrious, but the game just... When a player's like that playing wide, and it's a young player, he really needs to get he needs to get touches early. And if you're playing wide and you're and he's going up against like Tate and Dundee United aren't really getting a lot of change out of St. Marin, he just fades and he can't get involved in the game and you can see the frustration. But Dundee United were they tried to play a lot more than I've seen them in other games. They like, they were doing a lot just as you were talking about, the boring way of commentating. Charlie Mulgrew <laughs> and Ryan Edwards <laughs> passing the ball uh, between each other. And that didn't really work. McMahon, right, was his first start. He's been in and out of the team, as we've spoke about. He, I don't want to blame him for the goal, because I think it's unfair, but he does allow him to turn too easily. Yeah, and, and he was so, rubbish again. And yeah, and, and he was hooked at half-time. So I don't think... I can't think of a player off the top of my head who's really had this... He's, he's, fought, like, he's completely fallen off a cliff. He was When he first came in, I remember saying that he was better than what Robson had ever been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now he's he can't get a kick. And as you see by the... The halftime changes. I mean, Dundee. Fair enough to 
to Tam Courts. Not my favourite cup of tea, but that is, what, that is what changed the game in United's favour. And uh, yeah, Miller Thompson and Scott McMahon both making way for Nicky Clark and Ross Graham and a change of formation into a narrow 442 diamond. Always always good to see a 442 diamond. And that really from that point forward, United were a different side. They were the much better team in the second half. I mean, there's the goal came late and there's a wee bit of contention over the red card and whatever, but I think even a lot of Smyrna fans were saying, yeah, in the end, I mean, Smyrna had a better team in the first half, but in the second half, there was no doubt United were the superior side and uh, they were the ones that came away with the victory. They couldn't, uh, Smyrna couldn't really get out in the second half. I think every time they were, they, they were dropping deeper and deeper and every time they were trying to have some relief or find an out ball, Dundee United seemed to be like winning the ball back, mm-hmm. and it was coming. They were kind of limited initially to quite a lot of long distance shots, and that's obviously where the equaliser came from. But they, the, the switch, they didn't know what to do when the switch came. They didn't really know what, what, how to how to readapt to um, time courses uh, switch, and it just meant that they couldn't they couldn't get up the park, they, and it kept coming back with interest. I think, yeah, it was a. Con- there is some contention about the there's some contention about um, the, the red card. I, I think Tony Watt probably pushes. Is it was it Conor McCarthy? Um, I think I, I think it's Conor McCarthy. But I, I think he I think he pushes him before uh, Almick hits him. But having hit him, it's it's a red card. Um, and it's one, it's one of those ones where I saw it was a perfect point somebody made. Like somebody said, "That's never a red card." And somebody's like, "Imagine anybody who'd do that who wasn't a goalkeeper." What you would say? Yeah, to yeah exactly. <laughs> it's like yeah. Definitely. A red and card. you'd come uh, and th- like the further a goalie comes up the pitch and attempts any kind of tackle, the more likely it is to be yes. a red card. So you know, if you do, if he'd probably, yeah, if you'd just taken a couple of steps back and not had a rush of blood to the head, then he, you know, fine. And St. Mary were, it was they were unlucky to lose it, given that they were good in the first half. But huge result for Dundee United at this stage of the season, with the way that it's all bunched up in in the quagmire and the middle seven yeah. <laughs> being two points ahead now at this point. The, the glob is the a, a glob. view for the terrace is now kind of calling it <laughs> Rob's glob. Um, yeah. To be two points ahead now at this stage in the season. It's huge. It's huge. <laughs> That's like huge. ten points normally. Yeah. But it is it does have a feeling of I always feel like Dundee United of of hurt themselves by going forth too early. Because it just like seems to swap every week. It seems like a, it's like a snow globe, but just like it's shooking about <laughs> and then like let's see where everything lays. Or it's like musical chairs. And Dundee United are right now kind of hovering around the chair, but the music hasn't stopped yet. And they're gonna be by the time the music stops, they might be around the other side. Well, this is this is what we were talking about just before we came on uh, came off here. There are going there's going to be at least one, if not two teams, who narrowly miss out on the top six or by a point, by goal difference, whatever it is, and they're like, Oh shit, that's our season done. And then suddenly are like, Oh wait, fuck, relegation playoff place is coming because St Johnston are starting to find a bit of form. You'd, the the bottom six is dog eat dog, fifteen points up for grabs, and if you lose to all the teams round about you, you get sucked in pretty quickly. And St Johnson always end season as well. And St Johnson and St Johnson have one thing that I think only one only one other team in the bottom six has at the moment, and that's someone scoring goals in Callum Henry. It was um, it's also really good with Tam Courts. I think he, um, the the tactical change was huge because in the first half, Watt was dropping very deep all the time to try and get involved in the game. And like I said, even though I didn't quite like what where Ronan was playing, I thought it clipped his wings a bit. It still meant that St Mirren were, were fully dominating the game. The minute he goes to the diamond and Levitt isn't having to do so much shuttling and running, he was able to get on the ball a lot more and he's dictating the game and Levitt looks like better and better and better. He just, uh, I think... I think we're obliged to call him cultured player. Yeah, why not? And Stephen Robinson further angered the St Mirren fans once again by reverting to a three-at-the-back system. I think they're going to position the club to make it a sack of offence for Robinson (laughs) to do that any more times between now and the end of the season. Because I suppose he did have to do something midway through the second half to try to change things, but it it didn't help. And they were not happy as well with a couple of substitutions. Henderson going awful. He was still one of their more effective players. I think was the one that stuck the most bit. The, the reappearance of Curtis Main again for like the final 15 minutes or so like the fans well, going three at the back three and with Curtis Main up front you know what you're doing it's going long yes it's going long yeah it, it, it's it's Hail Mary time yeah. but let's get to a happier bunch of Saints after these messages 
Spring has sprung and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning in your pants. That's right, it's Craig Fowler here again to talk about below-the-waist men's grooming. It's time to clear out that winter bush and join the other 4 million men who trust Manscaped. Use the code TERRACE to get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. I know a lot of you guys who listen to this are always like, Fowler, we don't want to hear you go on about your balls again. But let's be real, guys. Nobody likes there to be just a lot of mess down there. It's 2022. We're expected to be nice and trim and looking good. And there's no reason not to be, especially when you use Manscaped. They've got everything you could want to feel nice and fresh in their Performance Package 4.0. In this little care bundle, you get the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. You get the Weed Whacker, which attacks ear and nose hair. You get the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, the Crop Reviver Toner, the Performance Boxer Briefs, and they throw in a travel bag to keep it all together. The Lawnmower 4.0 Trimmer has been described by Manscaped as a pube assassin, and how can you argue with that? But let's not sleep on the Weed Whacker, because, I mean, let's face it, Regardless, even if even if you're like, yeah, don't I'm yeah, don't need, I don't want to hear about down there. But you want the weed whacker because nobody wants to have protruding hairs coming out of your nose and ears. Nobody finds that attractive. And as I have said several times before, I am a big fan of the performance boxer briefs. So get twenty percent off and free shipping with the code Terrace at Manscape.com. That's twenty percent off and free shipping with the code Terrace at Manscape.com. It's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life. St. Johnson 2, Motherwell 1. St. Johnson now with a four-point lead on Dundee at the bottom of the table. And as Tom said, maybe not that far out of the realms of possibility that they could even avoid the relegation playoff altogether if they could manage to put together some form for the latter part of the season. However, despite the fact they got the victory... I think in order to do that, they still will probably have to play better overall than they did against Motherwell, who, it has to be said, are absolutely rotten. They are absolutely rotten. Everyone is taking a turn in the bot in the in the glob um, to be <laughs> absolute horseshite. Not just like a bad run of form, but like you just don't know where their next win's going to come from. There and and it's Motherwell's turn at the moment. Um, yeah, I think on another day, first you know, big huge result for St Johnston. In great performance from Cal Hendry, who, you know, St Johnson have only scored 20 goals this season in the league, which is pathetic, and he's got six of them, and he was on loan at Kilmarnock for the first half of Wild. the season. Um, so, and and he just, he seems to be really kind of growing in stature every week. I, I thought that, obviously, his second goal got the headlines, but the first one was a really, really good header as well, and kind of the sort of thing that all the stats nerds were talking about 18 months ago that he could do yeah. and if somebody could get you know if somebody can get the, the the right service to him and if somebody can get him playing the way that they all think he can then there might be a player in there and I never personally saw it and well, he was on loan at Aberdeen last season and saw it you know little bit but never looked like he was ready to lead the line he now looks like he's ready to lead the line St Johnson are seven points from safe complete safety but not completely out with the realms of possibility that they could pick up you know, enough points to get out when the, when there are other teams in free fall round about them. And they all the, become the, six-pointers when the bottom they, six they comes. Do. They do. Against you. Uh, the, the caveat, as you said, Craig, the, is that Motherwell were rank rotten and still unlucky to lose. Um, it, Kevin Van Bean scored a really, really good goal. At the, you know, Daisy Cutter, it, probably only the seventh best goal of the weekend but still a pretty good goal um, St Johnson equalise and then Motherwell hit the post uh, within within you know a, a, a very short period of time um, Motherwell hit the post they looked every bit the more threatening side they didn't have the luck there and then there's a long ball and Callum Henry like smash Van Basten's one in it was kind of um, it, it reminded me like of Lukas Jukovic's goal in the 6-0 draw against yeah. Hibs, but if maybe performed by fantasy football guys for Phoenix for the Flames instead. <laughs> so kind of what, that's what I was like. It was like, there was something good about it, it just wasn't quite right. There was something not quite off about it if you're comparing it to that goal. Yeah. It was still pretty special finish. I don't want to take anything no, away from it. It was rubbish or anything. I, I think there's the, the best thing about it and also the reason that it maybe 
like wasn't quite as aesthetically pleasing as as like proper like 10 out of 10 banger is he hits it so early and mm-hmm. that's the reason it goes in like i think if nobody's expecting him to shoot least of all Liam kelly and that was what that was what caught him off guard it was still a really good finish but um and that's maybe the only reason that it wasn't quite as a beautiful can but I, it was still fantastic Tom, if you're watching this how did um halberg and rooney look together um to be honest i didn't see i, I don't know if I don't think that Rooney was fairly anonymous. Halberg okay. had a good game, um, and I think he's quietly been a fairly yeah. effective signing for for St Johnston. They don't have like they didn't have anybody like like uh, until I think it was the end of January. Ali McCann still had made the most tackles yeah, yeah. in the entire <laughs> St Johnston squad. Um, they uh, and there were there are a lot of good central midfield players, but they're all you know 34, 35, yeah. 36 years old and. There wasn't anybody to to give them a bit of solidity. Um, I don't think like St Johnston weren't great. You know they were they were like on one hand you win with an absolute screamer, it's brilliant. On the other, that goal doesn't go in very often, and you only get a point, and a point's not good enough at the season. And that that's not to take anything away from the win. And the 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 reaction that they had at the end of the game showed how important it was, and they it does give them something of a fighting chance because. I don't think it's beyond the realms of possibility they claw back seven, but I don't think they claw back ten. ten. Yeah, they're not scoring enough goals. How how big was Murray Davidson coming back? Huge. Um, it gave them something. That, I mean, one of the the one of the big problems has been they've been run over the middle. Of, uh, like teams have run over the middle of the park, run over them in the middle of the park, which has never been a problem for St Johnston before, um, or certainly not in the last few years. It has been this season. Halberg's been a big, uh, has been a stabilising influence. I mean, we've, we've joked before that all the St Johnston fans saying Ali McCann's worth more than they got for him and managed to prove it this season. But yes, he, he, he was because he was doing the jobs of several men. But, but um, Davidson just sitting a little bit deeper. And even when Motherwell are not on their game and they weren't on their game, they were. You know they they weren't significant. They weren't worse than St Johnson, but they weren't. I, I want to talk about Motherwell set up in a second. They, 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 oh, thank God! They, they weren't I'm good. Sitting on my hands a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but but that Motherwell midfield always gives you legs, and and Davidson gave them some legs back. Okay, right. Well, this Motherwell set up three four three with three centre forwards. <laughs> three four three with the uh, well uh, ah yeah three centre forwards up front. And then, and then a wing back Jake Carroll by himself as your whole left hand side then. It's not going to work. Jake Carroll's not <laughs> Jake Carroll's not that good going forward. He's, he's, he's a good defensive full back I would say, but I wouldn't call him a wing back. And to have him a wing back as well. To have Stephen O'Donnell as the other side as a wing back is pretty wild considering he's he's not really looked like a good attacking outlet since well since he played for Kelly really yeah. Yeah. Uh, or the or the Except for when he maybe plays for Scotland against well, Denmark no, no, no. or something. No, but even even when he, when he plays for Scotland, when he gets in the forward areas, he normally doesn't really put in a good ball. No, mm. but it's his legs that have been really good, and it helps us get up the pitch. Um, and other teams like struggle because he's so fit getting up and down. But in a game like this, I'm wanting my, if I'm going to have wing backs with and my two other strikers who are flanking Van Veen are going to be narrow and close to him. They need to be fucking good. Very good. <laughs> and the midfield two, Liam Donnelly and Dean Cornelius. Cornelius is good about him. Donnelly, I've, we've seen enough of Donnelly now. I don't think... Meh. Like, <laughs> that, that one purple patch. Ah, uh, yeah. And hiding a lot of sins. It's just such a negative team, isn't it? Like There's so many defensive players on that side and you're away from home to a team that's really struggling. Fair enough, you're in a bad run, so maybe a point to a decent result. But... I mean, St. Johnson are so brittle right now, and like anything could break them. And like to, to only make one substitute in the entire game to try and do something to, to make things different, and to not. Calum Slattery's like one of Motherwell's best three players. How's he staying on the bench for the entire game? How's he in the bench most weeks these days? It doesn't make any sense. There's been a fallout there, eh? Yeah, it's, it's, it's got to be. It's pretty, yeah, because I, we've been talking about this quite a lot, I think, over the weeks, because Slattery, in, in the early days, he was like box to box. He was tackling, he would not set the tempo because he isn't quite that type of player, but he could play one twos. He would drive. Yeah, he could the get ball. on the ball and do stuff as yeah, well. Yeah, and, and he would drive at the heart of teams. He was confident. And he was also a bit of a bastard. He was like the, the archetype Motherwell midfield player, really. Like, so I thought, right, he's 
right up Graham Alexander Street, and I believe he is, so I can only think there's been a falling out there, because it's the only thing that they answer, because his form was good beforehand, his style suits Alexander down at the ground, and he's not playing. They're desperate for They're desperate for points. They're desperate for points, so they've fucking fallen out. That's what's happened. I'm not even putting allegedly after it, because (laughs) it's just my opinion. Heard it here first. (laughs) Right, let's move on to the game at Dens Park, where there was a falling out between the Rangers players and the Rangers support. (laughs) (laughs) Numerous protests from the Rangers, three protests in stopping the game uh, from the Rangers fans who are uh, continue to be very upset with their board that they've booked them into this Ange homecoming in Australia. And let the the board know, and everybody in, in Scotland know, by throwing tennis balls and... Bog roll onto the pitch. Why tennis balls? Is there? I think it's just a peaceful kind of protest kind of thing. So you're throwing stuff oh, on. Is that, that, cla- is that like a traditional thing? It won't injure anybody. Well, other teams have done it before. I think they're just copying other teams. All oh, right. Who have done I it thought in the it was like the, the, other, the Australian Open's on at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go with that instead. <laughs> Rangers, though, pull out the victory in the end, even with uh, Alan McGregor calling his own fans fucking arseholes. Uh, <laughs> And I think there was something... Not Gio- Shaga. There was something Giovanni Van Bronker said as well. Like, what the fuck are they doing? Or something along those lines. Uh, but yeah, the Rangers win. Another another bit of a... Bit, bit too close for comfort for Rangers and Giovanni Van Bronkers. Really poor from Rangers in the first half. Uh, really, like, it seems like Van Bronkers didn't get his team selection right. Scott Arfield coming in at the number 10 spot. They really kind of lacked much of anything in that opening period. Second half, they were a bit better. And I think it also just goes to show as well how much it benefits uh, Rangers and Celtic uh, to have the five substitutes rule because they just kept bringing on attackers and attackers until eventually they started scoring. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, it, it did seem like a, a strange... I mean, um, Aaron Ramsey restored to the team, but as kind of nominally on the right, didn't 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 seem to, to work. I, I didn't really know what they were what they were trying to do with that. And in the first half, well, certainly for the first sort of twenty minutes, at least, Dundee held the scored, held their own. Frustrated Rangers looked a bit like they they were, they were going to they they had a good energy about them, and at least looked like they thought they had a game plan. Ultimately, like you say, throwing on attacking players and Rangers just com- keep kept committing more players forward as Dundee were like. We'll drop five yards further back. Mm. We'll drop five yards further back. Yeah, we'll drop I, five yards I have something to say on Mark McGee's subs. I, I think there were a couple of points just before the equaliser, and you know we're missing out the contentious, the the most contentious of contentious penalties. Um, come back to that. But there was a point just before that that Rangers had three or four chances, all from open play, and Dundee had nine men in the box, and they're ahead, and there's the whole pitch to play in, and you. You just can't, you can't invite Rangers onto you when they had that many attacking players. And ultimately, both goals were weren't scored by a great piece of skill. They weren't scored by any great amount of creativity. It was basically just the ball hit a Rangers player who happened to be a couple of numbers. yards out because of sheer numbers. That the law of averages is sooner or later it's going to fall for one of them because Dundee have committed so many men in the box. You don't, you know, you don't need to be clever. Tim's um, Ramsey. I was saying, I've been saying a lot recently that I thought this is exactly how they would use Ramsey with Tavenier down the right-hand side and with Kent. So under Van Bronck, I think Kent's been a lot wider mm. and, he, and he's having to touch him more. So it's meant that the person on the right, which at times has been our field, uh, coming off the right. But yeah, and, and we played Ramsey there, I think, in the cup game. He was playing it right and that worked really well with Tavenier because Tavenier was coming inside him. And he was playing the band at that sort of created the the sort of terrible penalty that they got. I mean, we'll be talking about more terrible penalties at Dens Park in, in a minute. Uh, so I can see why I can see what Van Brogues is thinking with Ramsey out there. But just, even though, even though I could see that's what he was going to do, and I was thinking about it for weeks. At the same time, it's like I mean, you've bought Aaron Ramsey, just probably play him in the top position and, and against a back five just, yeah, well, a, a just back, got, basically a back nine yeah we've you know, only like, just got a one the, we've only finally got a one the pitch it's nearly April how about we just give it the best opportunity possible for Ramsey to be to be good but I suppose he's had a couple of starts so he's got a goal and assist so it's not all bad 
Yeah, I wanted to mention Mark McGee, the subs. The sub that annoyed me was taking off Zach Rudden and bringing on Niall McGinn because after that point, there was nobody to hold the ball up and mm. it was just coming back constantly and you need to have something. You can't just go, right, let's ultra-defence this and just like try and... I don't know, let's try and sellotape all our players to the goal frame and see if there's any space that we can deny Rangers that they just literally can't score because there's nowhere to fit it through. That's basically what he was kind of going for. <laughs> 20 minutes as well, 20 minutes yeah. to go, it's a long time. And you need you need somebody up there who can at least occupy defenders and, and knows what to do and can, you know, win a free kick or something, take a bit of pressure off and it was just coming back and back. And he just knew it was just a matter of time before Rangers scored. It was inevitable. Yeah. It was, uh, and the inevitable happened. I mean, I think we've almost you almost feel I almost feel a little bit like a bit mean criticizing Rangers for playing badly, and they've been playing badly quite a lot at the moment and winning. Um, when, but they're 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 it doesn't seem like the same team that we're seeing in Europe. It doesn't mm-hmm. seem like the same. It, like it doesn't seem like the same ethos. It doesn't seem like the same spirit. Never mind anything else. That that. They're starting, they start slowly and... Yeah, because people can say they're playing different teams and stuff and there's like, you know, yeah, it's fair enough that most of these teams will have more men behind the ball. But you see in games like this, they don't even come out anywhere near the same mm. intensity to try and if they're expecting that, then you need to go out and blitz teams like Celtic do. Go out and run all over them and see what you can do and try and just break their will early on. Especially when you've got five subs. Yeah. yeah. Point, you've got the tape, even if you are tired for Thursday, I can't, you can get everyone out there ready to go and give you at least a good four good 35 40 minutes in the first half and if you Rangers play well that's probably at least at least 2-0 mm. and I give me saying for weeks on end I know Roof got on the park again and we are seeing more and more of Roof on a weekly basis coming off the bench but I mean why not start him like I don't get I mean Morelos Morelos has actually went off the boil a bit recently and 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 in Europe his performances are so high and in Europe he's such an important cog and he plays like he he plays so hard in Europe, and he's like handful for everyone. He's kicking every ball. He's so involved. He's trying to stretch teams, and then he comes deep. You know, he's trying to do everything, and and he's brilliant at it. So he's probably fucking knackered when it comes. And you've got Roof, who's a different. He's, he's probably in, in Scottish football team. He's more direct. He's probably more skillful than, than Morelos. So in these tight areas against these tight teams that are defending. Roof at times with that bit more of ingenuity uh, and skill and maybe doing things a bit more ad hoc, you know, like, like, like he does random things and then really like, go, a goal from his own side, his own half, for example. Um, so it just doesn't make sense why you've got this massive squad. Roof's, you would think, is a big part of it, uh, even if he's not better than Morales is a better one. So just, you've got this perfect sort of player and just you're just chucking him on now and again and... Even now he can he can also play around. I just don't understand why he just never he never starts Ruth, and it doesn't make any sort of like sense. I think what what I don't quite get in games like this is why there is not we haven't seen more with Morelos and Ruth on the park together yeah. because the, the best and like Morelos has developed so much that now his biggest problem is he always wants to be involved. Mm. Like it was like he was he was on the end of things, and there, you know there was far more to his game than that. But but what he did best was get on the end of things and create things for himself now it's there's far more to his game mm-hmm. he drops deep like you say he goes out wide he i think he was trying to make things happen but you know just wasn't wasn't quite there all he had to do was put his hand in there and say he's been well, grabbed and he made for a penalty and that's <laughs> that <laughs> um, but yeah i think that there is not i mean it's difficult to criticize when there's only three points but um, between them and the results in Europe have, have been so good, but um, it, tactically it seems like Van Bronckhorst is quite inflexible. Like mm-hmm. he, he changes the personnel, he doesn't change the system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So was Gerard, in fairness. Yeah, but, but he that. he mastered whatever those tactics were. Yeah. <laughs> and then just before we move on, Hollander not being great since he came back for that injury, and he was in fucking no man's land for the goal. Uh, over it, right back, right beside the right back. Well, because uh, we have to move on now, I was actually going to say, kind of on that on, on that theme though, Christy Elliott gets the goal, probably has his best best ever game for in a Dundee shirt, and it's just a shame that it's in a 2-1 defeat in a relegation season and nobody will remember it. Right, <laughs> let's move on to a game close to both of your hearts, Aberdeen 3, Hibs 1. Tony, how come Sean Maloney gets a centre-back 
fit again, so he's now got more than one that he can play in the team, and he immediately moves to a back four. Yeah, I, I, I was I was really shocked at that as well. So he's got the more people available to do it, and then he moves to the to the back four. It didn't make any sort of sense. They went to a four four. Two, it's more right. Right was playing it, it morphed between four three three and four four two because right comes in central fairly regularly, and he was doing that there. And Dre Wright, who's been all right recently, uh, but he's he's an industrious wide player. I quite like him playing the wing back role at times. Yeah, but see when uh, you're wanting him to play a, like an attacking role, which in this team with that lineup is definitely what you want him to yeah, do. Yeah, because of the other wing was Lewis Stevenson. Yeah. Who was actually one of his best <laughs> players. <laughs> so, yeah, like, obviously there's there's an expectation on right, there's a lot he needs to do. He's not really up to it. That's just, he's not been up to it in a Hibs jersey anyway. And really, if you look back over, in terms of goal contributions, yes, in terms extremely of, low. Because uh, he never had an assist, I think, that first season with St. Johnson, oh. did he? When he was, even when he was good. So I don't, I don't have, like, it's not that I'm, I, I don't want to bash on great Dre Wright. As I said, recently he's done all right in that wing-back role in, when he when he goes up and down. He's tactically quite a good player to have. But in this, and then they had Jasper was up front, really, and he was struggling to get into the game. Melkerson didn't get a sniff. Uh, and so I, I don't understand why all of a sudden we went to a back four and, the worrying thing for Sean Maloney is we've struggled to create chances in the back three and he's went to a back four and arguably that was one of Hibbs' worst performances under Maloney. Oof. That's, is that a big statement? Probably is. Uh. I mean, uh, it's plenty of competition. Hibbs <laughs> <laughs> were the better team until they scored and then the, from the point that they scored, the, neither team was good. Um, after the red card, Aberdeen got their tails up a bit oh. and the, they were... There was an awful lot more space, so they could give the ball to Bushes in and make him run. And every time that happened, something was happening. There were there were pro- and and getting Marley Watkins back fit, which is a you know has been a a huge. It was good when it came on. Yeah, there there has been a Marley Watkins shaped hole in the in the Aberdeen oh. squad for most of the season. Um, that made a that made a massive difference, but it was very clearly two sides quite low on confidence. I think. Other than the Connor McLennan, Connor McLennan header, there wasn't. I mean, and the Hibs goal was an own goal. There, there wasn't an awful lot in the first half, other than well, that's, I was you know, saying, clear cut. Yeah, I was saying it's um, it was, watching these two teams up close. It didn't surprise me. It's this having over three and a half goals is unbelievable, by the way, and <laughs> the fact that the goal, the Hibs goal, was an own goal from a good cross from Cadden when he actually didn't run to the byline. He actually stood. I mean, Johnny Hayes. Get, I get the feeling that Johnny Hayes has been told to stand off Cadden and let him cross. That's because he was getting criticised. I tell you, I was like, I can imagine they were like, maybe just let Cadden cross rather than let him rather than let him go past you. Yeah, uh, but Cadden measured it, putting a good ball in a really good area, and sort of Ramsey he had to do something because yeah. Doig was coming in. And he finished it superbly. Uh, yeah, yeah, and he's coming to another side. So yeah, it's, but the, and the fact that the Aberdeen penalty, which I think I'm not sure. I'm I've seen. People saying that it hit off Bashuri's knee first and hit his hand. I can't quite see that. It's a, I think it does, but it's a very slight one, so it's hard to say that the referee should have saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it looks like even VR would struggle to spot that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, because so I can definitely see what I was going, but it was a lucky penalty to get because all it is is a deflection yeah. of someone yeah. and from a, a wild shot. With it. So I said, it's no surprise that these are the kind of goals. This game having those goals, it had to be things <laughs> like that, own goals. Wild penalties from wild shots going in, uh, and then obviously Aberdeen. The second one comes from a, a set piece. I should be free kick given away. In, in I had to laugh really quite a lot when I saw the Ryan Porteous red card. So obviously I saw like Porteous sent off, but then I saw like off on sixty three penalty on sixty four. Okay, he's been sent off for a last man one, pulling down a striker or something like that, tripping the heel, something like that. Oh no, oh no! Ryan Porteous for a last man foul and only a way Ryan Porteous could do. There's a still photo of it where he connects with McCrory. About his thigh, <laughs> <laughs> and there's um I don't know what Hibs of I don't know if it's been released yet as to what Hibs the referee appealing, yeah. Hibs yeah, are appeal, but I don't know if it's been released yet as to what the referee gave it as. But I do think he would have a case for uh, say that's a red card foul oh, uh, because he goes at a hell of a speed and he's very high. Yeah, uh, I mean. It, Maloney claims that the referee apologised to him or something. I think that was for the Bashiri one. I, 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 I try to keep up uh, with with. I read, I read his quotes. I, th- I think that was for the Bashiri one rather rather than the Porteous one because because with the Porteous one as well, 
even if he's making an attempt to get to the ball, if it's in the rules that if it's kind of like impossible to get to the ball and you're just making a very kind of rash attempt to get there, then it's also still a red card. Well, that's what I, was and I think that's what Portuguese one definitely falls under. It's the exact same. I mean, it was the, the exact same animation as the sweep in Mortal Kombat 1 and 2. <laughs> it's the, if, you, if you press back and A on the Super my, my mate, My mate posted a gif on, on a WhatsApp of exactly that. When you were describing it. Um, but it's exactly that. It's, it, it, like, I, I think... I do, I can totally understand why people are saying, you, you know, yes, it's only a yellow card if there's an attempt to play the ball, but the ball got to be there. To be won. To be won. And I, it, it wasn't. Like, you have to go these, through the man to get... These teams are like exactly the same. I've seen this to talk. These teams are like exactly the same as they're, they're so plodding and boring. And then for for them, it's Bizarre and out wide. And then for us, it's Jasper. We're like, just get the ball there and hopefully... You're, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, are these guys good? Or are they just... Because they're able, able to carry the ball and go past <laughs> them. So I'm trying to struggle to judge them. And Bizarre, when, especially when the game opened up a bit, he looked good. It was his cross that created the, the chance that you were talking about in the first half for Conor McLaren. And his goal's like an absolute rip-roaring finish. Yeah. I think talk, were, sorry, Tom. Talk to me about Conor Barron. Um, promising. I, I think he... he He's. I mean, he started, had the first half of the season um, on loan at Kelty Hearts, and by all accounts, was good. Um, came back, and I think the expectation was he'd come back. He might get some minutes here and there, but he probably would go out on loan again, maybe to a championship club, if we'd bothered our ass to do anything in the January window. Um, instead, he's come in. He's. I think he started the last five. Um, and looks like he's growing in stature every game. He he was playing a bit deeper um, at the weekend. I think initially the thought was he was probably going to be more of like a number 10, but he's not. He's playing a bit a, a bit deeper, doesn't give away the ball, plays a lot of neat passes. And there's a lot to like between him, Ferguson and McCrory. They do sort of complement each other quite a lot. And just as well, because you're all the golden boys now, Pish. Christian Ramirez. <laughs> I was going to talk about Calvin Ramsey. <laughs> oh, Calvin Ramsey. All right. I think, well, quite I think, sad about that, even though, I mean, it really worked out for me specifically. Uh, but uh, Ramsey, yeah, since he came back for the injuries, the only thing that still looked good is maybe just his crossing. Is, it, is, is, there, good, is, is there maybe a, a head turning scenario going on there? I mean, there there might be. I mean, I've, I have no doubt he's off in the summer. It's just where he's off to. Him, him and Lewis Ferguson won't be around next next season. No, you, no doubt. You whatsoever. can speak about uh, Ramirez's poor form as well. I. I, I He's more of a he's more of a question mark. I have no doubt. Like Ramsey, I mean Ramsey might come back next season on loan, having signed for someone down south, but he like he won't be a, a full time Aberdeen player next season. So I wouldn't be surprised if it, if there's a bit of head turning that's gone on. Um, also, I think he just started the season so well, and like it, there, there's bound to be a bit of regression and a bit of and for large parts of the season. The entire responsibility for creativity for the entire eleven was mm-hmm. on Calvin Ramsey, for whether it's set pieces or or getting down the right hand side, and if the team's not good, sooner or later that wears off. I think defensively he's been a bit better, and defensively the whole team's been a bit better. I think the the um, Declan Gallagher's had his best two games here and the game against Rangers. Um, there was a bit more solidity about about the team, and I think at, at even at 1-1, there wasn't the same feeling of the first two times they attack us, they're going to score, which has been the case for the whole of the season. Ramirez is a bit more of an interesting one. I think he only touched the ball nine times in the entire in the entire game. Jesus. I think the same happened to Melkerson. played 87 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> the, same, the, same, the same happened with Melkerson here. And this is, again, the, the similarities between these two teams. Eight times, sorry. Eight times. Fucking hell! <laughs> the, the similarities between these two teams are, are really... Really, all to see because that's Melkerson was totally starved as well. Where uh, doesn't matter how many songs are being sang and how many Norwegian flags were there. Um, <laughs> um, but right, Romero just exactly the same. The two teams just could not get any service to anyone. It was a it was a bloody stodge fest. A stodge yeah. fest with four goals. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. It's it's the most unlikely over three and a half goals that will come in this season. 
Right, let's move on to our penultimate game that we shall be covering, and that is the match at Tynecastle. Hearts 2, Livingston 0. Hearts now 14 points clear in third place, literally just playing in a... Well, not literally, but almost literally playing in a league of their own at the moment with nowhere near Celtic Rangers and nobody anywhere near them. As long as James Corden's not there, everyone's all right. <laughs> nice. Um, but yeah, Hearts... Hearts deserve this one, I think it's fair to say. First half, they were, they were definitely the better side. Livingston were really poor in the opening 45 minutes. Hearts, they created some early chances. and got the Obviously, the goal for Benjamin Ingham came in the third minute. They then had a couple more to extend the league. Max Streak made a really good save from Liam Boyce. But went to halftime, 1-0. Livingston probably had their best spell of the game after that. And uh, the goal, I think I would agree with David Martindale a little bit, the goal kind of came around against a little play, some uh, run of play somewhat. Hearts fans were starting to get a wee bit antsy, kind of only 1-0 up. Their team not really kind of, hadn't really kind of come out yet to the second half. And then Barry Bloody Mackay, eh? what a finish <laughs> for his first goal for the club. Finally. I don't, I, I don't think I've seen a goal like that before. Like normally, normally there's like, su- like to normally to hit the ball like that, you've got to put quite a lot of power behind it. And to sort of, it wasn't even like he placed it. It was like a, it was like top spin. You know, it was like, it, it was like a tennis shot where somebody's think is expecting it to go at the baseline, and you just like deftly chip it over the uh, over the net. I, I can't think unique, of another one really like that. Unique goal it was like he didn't, and I would have. It, it, it was better for him not scissor kicking it, or you know, just the fact it was kind of. I'm just going to calmly put this right back where it came from yeah. and bend it around. Yeah. Best best goal of the weekend, and there were a lot of good goals in the weekend. The roof came off Tynecastle as well. It was because he's been such a popular player. Ah, yeah, yeah. everybody's just dying from the goal. I think the only problem was everybody was wanting it to come at Hampden, <laughs> but now he's just a goal scoring. Don't worry, he'll score a second then. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was. I uh, still he got man of the match, but I think that was the sponsors kind of wanting to talk to him because I've definitely seen Mackay had have better games than a Hearts jersey overall. I think Nathaniel. That's my favourite the, uh, little thing that people say about football: about sponsors picking right. the people they want to see meet. Who <laughs> <laughs> do we want to talk to? <laughs> that guy. Uh, Nathaniel Atkinson. I think he was my pick for man of the match. He's he's really kind of moulded into a, a really kind of good attacker player. He's still got to to work on his defensive side. Uh, but I, I thought he was at a bit of an improvement on that end in this game, where he didn't really get done at any point. And uh, going forward, though, he, he seems to. Got an assist in this game. He also played a part in the, the first goal. Should have scored himself, yeah. um, but uh, still getting into really kind of promising positions. And he's kind of he's kind of the player that was advertised to Hearts in the when he signed in the January window. Good at getting forward, but you'll need to work on him a bit defensively. And it's kind of weird when somebody's advertised and then they just turn out like that. <laughs> usually, especially at Hearts, usually it's like completely the opposite. If they're hyped up, they're shite. If they're coming with a low profile, they're really good. Um, if they're, if they're good ball winners and they're great, you know, technicians, so like it's just they never never usually pads out his advertised, but that can is one of those players. He's uh, he makes so many great probing runs when yeah. I when I've watched some ninety minutes. He, he does the the inside to out really really well. So he he's worked on it. Jinky will be better if he's went to back to your three at the back, which I'm assuming you will at some point. Um, the Atkinson playing on quite the possibly, side. but I don't know if we'll see the three at the back much for the rest of the season because I think he really he found a bit of form on it. It brings out the best of Boyce and Sims. Uh, Boyce had another very good uh, game. I only gave him seven out of ten when I done the evening news post match because he didn't really do anything in terms of contributing to the final result. But his touch and his work rate was superb uh, throughout. And Sims, Sims it's a again, really aesthetically pleasing player. Yeah, Boyce. and Sims again was probably. I thought he was probably Hart's worst player, but he was still a real goal threat and still caused problems for the Livingston defence. So I think the four four two is here to stay, especially since, I mean, if Suter's out... Well, it depends. If Hart's get to the cup final and it's Celtic they're playing, we'll all see Suter back at some point. And if, if not, I don't know if we'll see Suter back again this season. And you, or ever again. If you win next the next match you could rest the squad for the remainder of the season and will still finish third like could lose like I yeah. think mathematically almost entirely likely that Hearts will be more well, than 50 with all the injury later. problems now because Benjamin Ingeby went off injured and he's injured his knee again and there's no diagnosis yet on what the problem is they said they're going to wait and see whether he needs a scan or not he did, he did walk off um, and wasn't limping as heavily as Andy Halliday was when he walked off although I think this was just a dead leg and, but Beningame, without him, Cammy Devlin's touch and go for the semi as it is. Without the two, 
You've got Peter Harron there, who was good again at the weekend, but then there's a big kind of question mark beside him. Andy Halliday, I've kind of grown to like, but not in the centre of midfield. Um, so do you just play Toby Civic there alongside Peter Harron? Just have the twin towers? Just like, <laughs> no no one shall pass. C- Civic's completely fallen off, eh? Never, I, never, I never see Civic around anymore. Ah, well, I think with the move to the, the four at the back as well, like there's one less place for a centre-half, and he likes Kingsley in there, which does make sense. Kingsley and Halkett are the two best centre-halves at the club. Uh, Civic's, I think, kind of one for the future, to be honest, and... Uh, he can he can play a multitude of roles as well. He was played centre mid when he last played at Hearts. Yeah, he yeah. came on at centre mid at the weekend, which I think is actually the first time he's played centre mid since he was last at Tynecastle. It's only really Daniel. St- it's only really Daniel Stead that's ever used him as centre mid in his <laughs> career before. But I think he might have to go back there soon. And yeah, uh, quick quick talk about Livingston before we move on to the final game. I think one of the main problems, especially in the first half, was that Max Streak's kicking was fucking hopeless. <laughs> And their their game plan was around revolved around getting high balls up to to Joe Newbley and then kind of playing for there. And with Streak, like I say, for the majority of the opening forty five minutes, unable to get anywhere near him with his kicks was a big problem. But it does it has to be said, Newbley, he had that run at the start of the second half where he he should have done better. Where he ended up beating Kingsley, beating Halkett, getting into the box and then tripping up over his own feet. Um, but. Other than that, he was really kind of non-effective and there was quite a lot of times where Alex Cochran who came off the bench. Now, Cochran must be about half the size of Nubly. And Cochran was winning, like, aerial battles against him and, like, shoving him off the ball. And I was like, what the hell is going this on? This is, uh, I, I've noticed this with Nubly. He's one of those that um, you don't let your, your size fool about his attributes. He's, be- he's much better with the ball at his feet. He's actually a really, really handy dribbler. Yeah. He's got really, really good close control. Because I've noticed this. I was talking up the centre-halves that done this against them, I think it was Yakaviti at Ross County when I watched the game and I was really impressed with how he was beating them aerially. But now that you're adding another name to the list... <laughs> uh, so, Alex Cochran must be about 5'10". Yeah, so you start thinking that maybe Nubly abuses his height and thinks, I don't have to do anything. But Deceptively shit in the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got bad head for a big man. <laughs> Um, he's, as I said before, he's a Scottish football's no Anko Kanu. Uh, <laughs> it has to be said as well that uh, Stefan Omeonga maybe had one of his worst games of the season for Levy. He was pretty anonymous. Jason Holt was involved quite a lot, but nothing really kind of came off for him. And is Bruce Bonus injured? No. no yeah, he is injured. Yeah. Sorry. Aye, and he might not be back this season. Oh, yeah. right after he gets his player of the month. You jinxed him, Tony. I, I must have, yeah. I must have. Yeah, Levy were strangely passive in that first half. They... They didn't. Martindale was going mental, especially Alan Forrest for his lack of pressing, and they really. And that would have been better for me in commentary. It would have been better for me in commentary, so I didn't have to continually go. Halkett, Kingsley, Halliday, Halkett, Atkinson, Halkett. It's. Uh, I can't even think of Alan Forrest being a big presser. Like, <laughs> like you Alan Forrest a lot of things, but I just don't see him being able to be bought. I suppose that's a big loss looking at that for for the Aston. I probably would have went with Nubly up front. Even though I know he's looked better out wide, and ah, I yes. prefer him out wide, I still think if it's if it's not Bruce Anderson, I'd still be going with him. Right, let's get to our final game, which was the most <sighs> academic game uh, of the weekend. Celtic four, Ross County three. Celtic were three 0 up inside twenty six minutes. <laughs> Ross County had a man set off in the first half, and then Celtic treated the rest of the game like a training exercise. Ross County were very lucky to only get away with four. And and County have been good, you know, County have been good the second half of the season. They've a lot more about them. They have top six ambitions, but they were just annihilated. They were absolutely annihilated. Um, Starfelt, Carter Vickers and Greg Taylor had more touches. Those three players had more touches of the ball than the entire Ross County team put together. And <laughs> those are... And those are the three. Those are three of the four defenders who had nothing to do <laughs> in the entire game. They just, uh, yeah, it, it, it was kind of hard to find a kind of hard to find a find a a, a hook for this because well, Jack Jack and Marcus scored a hat trick. Yeah, and uh, we were talking about this just off, off air. I was convinced he was going to be shy. Yeah, I thought, so was, uh... I thought when he came in, he was going to be shy. I thought the first half of the season. I was convinced he was shite, and now he's got... Even when he scored against Hearts in that game, I thought, no, nah, he's... Yeah, because I asked he's you on here, was he any good, and you were like, that passion, well, we, like, we moved right on. For, <laughs> for, for all the same reasons people thought he was great, that, or the, for all the same people reasons that people thought were quite excited about him, it's like, he scored 27 goals in the Eredivisie for a team that got relegated. Yeah. I was thinking, well... I can now see why. But, but if he scored 27 goals for a, 
team in their division that got relegated and he was available for three and a half million. Why did nobody else want him? Like, why did Bristol City, who could just throw money at the situation, why did, like, it was Werder Bremen and Celtic were the two teams that were interested. And, you know, no disrespect to either of them, there are lots of teams all over Europe who will blow them out of the water financially. And if he's that good a striker, and he did regularly score... You know, I think he got a couple of hat tricks last season in the Dutch top flight for a terrible team, but I just was that something didn't add up. Like the, this is another Patrick Kamala. This is another one of Celtic in a long line of guys that, that might two, have, two million to three million. Yeah, the, to get, just trying to get a backup striker or something for that for what feels like twenty years. He scored you know, like at one point he was Europe's leading goal scorer, and you got him for three and a half million. Something stinks. And I thought that the first half of the season, it was him. He stunk, but he... It's actually your opinion. It, it, it's, it was. It's actually my opinion. It's actually the shite I was talking. Because he was he was, he was was great. He's He offers a very different... He's something that Celtic don't have anywhere else. What I would say is that 15 years ago, like what he did in the Eredivisie last year, he would have went for about 15 million or something like that mm. it's the fact that Kesman. he has nothing to his game other than the fact that he scores goals Yeah, but and that's a, th- that's, that's a concern yeah. in this in this day and age because especially when you've got guys coming for the Dutch top flight there's a bit of a kind of there's already that kind of idea that guys for the Dutch top flight who score loads of goals aren't as good as that anyway mm. and like it, but today's day and age everybody kind of needs to have almost like needs to have a striker that does more than score goals he just really scores goals but He's brilliant at it. His movement's incredible in the final third. He's, he's always moving. He makes really powerful runs. I mean, he's not completely useless as a footballer. He could do a little bit of link-up play, but I watched all his clips against Ross County. He scored three goals and he had another chance. And he also inadvertently set up Maida for his goal. Other than that, I think he had like two nice flicks and that was about it for the entire game. Um, we've been talking, obviously we've been doing this quite a lot recently further on, on the Mondays. And that's been saying that about Jack Mad, but the beauty of Jackie Mack is his ability to hit the front post and go past the yeah. defender is, is, is unrivaled, really, in, in the league. But Celtic can afford a striker like Jackie Mack yes. in, in, in this league. He's actually the archetype backup striker because I still think he'll fall out the team despite his. He's not as good as Kyogo. Yeah, yeah. and he's not, he doesn't fit the, the style or the shape as well. But in the Scottish Premiership, when Celtic are playing, he is absolutely perfect. And if they're ever looking for a goal, even in Europe or on the bench coming, and he's, he's perfect. A guy who doesn't need, because they don't need them to get involved in the game. They can afford to have a guy that plays in between the posts and is only thinking about the last pass. He doesn't actually want to get involved. He's only thinking about that. They can totally afford him. And it's a smart buy from Celtic. I don't know if it's deliberate, but it was a smart buy. They can afford to have a guy that plays in between the posts. And for another... Sort of retro, well, I thought it is retro now, but it's, it's not his play. I'm now with Maida. With Maida, we're calling him Scottish football's Dirk Coit. So we've gone Scottish football's Dirk Coit and, and Giacomacus is not the new Chris Boyd, a Greek Chris Boyd <laughs> somehow. Just, uh, oh no, we had Dirk Coit and we had uh, no, Kesman. So like Giacomacus is Kesman. And Dirk Maida is... Dirk Maida. Dirk, Dirk Maida. <laughs> that is a Tarantino name. <laughs> Dirk Maida, private detective. Because yeah. uh, he's... Uh, I'm starting to really, really warm to him. I really prefer him playing in the wide position than I did in the centre forward. And he, It's not that he's poor. He's not He's not a poor technical player, but he's not... He doesn't like strike you, but his running's great. He's tactically really aware. If you're Greg Taylor, you'll love playing with him because he really, really works back. But he also... His movement again, he comes in at the back post a lot. He's that goal against Dundee United the other week was the most duck coit goal as well when he's coming in at the back post, sliding one in when everyone else has missed it. So, yeah, I think he's got a lot of qualities, and it's just, but I just I prefer him as a wide man who's a really, really strong runner who really presses against the team. He'll fit and possibly presses, so I can see exactly why uh, he brought him in. And it's no surprise that I know Gucci's not had, had a run yet, but. These guys fit his system so well. And he knew them. He mm-hmm. must have known exactly the players he wanted from Japan the second he left, and he knew exactly what they'd be able to get. Because the only the hit rate for Celtic signings this season is unreal. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like it must. It, what is it? Just um, it's just Gucci who's shit. Or I mean, I've seen there's a couple of guys who signed in the summer, but they're like the 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 usual Celtic kind of punts on kind of younger players like uh, Liam Shaw, who's now on loan at Motherwell. Oh yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Who's 
Uzis, Uzis, Urge, Uzis, The boy that got for Sheffield Wednesday. Urgehide. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's on loan now as well, as you know. Belgium, is he going on loan now? I think he has. But yeah, other than that, you look at the team. Hart, success. Juranovic, success. Carter Vicker, success. Starfield, success. Hatai, success. Maida, success. Jakovakis, success. Jota, massive success. Kyogo, massive success. That's the whole team. And that's uh, and it's been smart again because they've been willing to. It's like I mean we've mentioned our podcast. I'm not going to go too much deal, but and Postecoglou because he got a couple of his guys right at the start when he got to do it, and then obviously Celtic brought in their own guys that probably come through their own scouting. They married them in January and allowed him to bring in even more guys from the obviously were his guys they wanted to bring in, and they've got them all right and they've got like a perfect blend of team. It's uh, yeah, I, I I can't actually think of a team who's ever got that kind of a hit rate. Right, I think that'll do us. I think Ross County fans will forgive us for not really talking much about their team after a 4-0 defeat at Celtic Park. And yes, but if you'd like to hear more, please head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Terrace Podcast, where Tony and Tom talked about how good a day out for the football Aberdeen is and recommendations on where to go and how to best enjoy your experience up in the Granite City. So that is patreon.com forward slash Terrace Podcast, and that will be on the £2 per month I, tier. I had a great time on Saturday uh, with my mate and following the naughty boys of, of, of Leith around uh, Aberdeen. It was a great laugh. And that'll do it for us. Tori, say goodbye. Goodbye. Tom. Thank you very much. And I'm Craig Fowler. Thank you very much. And please join us again next time. Goodbye. Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.